Attention men, are you wanting to break free from porn or other unwanted sexual behaviors, but finding it seemingly impossible to quit? If so, we can help. My name is Jonathan Darty, the founder of Gateway to Freedom. This three-day workshop is for any man who wants to overcome any kind of unwanted sexual behavior. So whether you're married, single, or divorced, this powerful and proven intensive weekend will help you uncover what is at the root of your struggle and discover the man God always created you to be. Space is limited, so call us today at 210-822-8201 to register. That's 210-822-8201 or visit bebroken.org slash gtf. Good day, listeners. Jonathan Darty here with another edition of the Pure Sex Radio program. Everyone in life has struggled with something. Struggle is part of being human. Here we see it in all forms of sexual brokenness. We have staff and ministry partners who are trained in helping such strugglers. But what if you wanted to help someone who is struggling? Do you know what to do or what to say? Have you ever given bad advice? Does it scare you when someone shares their pain? In today's episode, Stephen and I will share with you some practical things to do and say when someone shares their struggles with you. You don't need to be an expert in order to truly help a struggling friend. For more helpful resources, visit BeBroken.org or check out links in today's show notes. And would you please rate and review the podcast after you listen to it because this does help others to find it. Pure Sex Radio is produced by Be Broken Ministries, and Be Broken's mission is to help men, women, and families move from sexual brokenness to wholeness in Christ and equip others to do the same. Now, let's jump into today's conversation. All right, Stephen Cervantes, how are you doing today? I'm blessed and glad to be here. Thank you for asking. Crisp white shirt. You always look good, man, for the (laughs) podcast. So I need to step up my game. Although today, you know, I did, I'm I'm wearing a a, a full on, you know, button up, long sleeve, (laughs) trying to match you. There you go. Um, Well, Stephen, we've been, we've been doing this for a long time. I think we're, uh, we're getting, Believe it or not, we're starting to get close to that that nine hundred number in terms of oh podcasts that goodness. we've that we've produced here at Be Broken, and so um, and we're in our twentieth year of ministry here at Be Broken. So <gasps> it's just uh, it's amazing how long we've been doing this. But um, all all along the way, this ministry and certainly what you have been doing in your counseling practice is we're we're dealing with people that are struggling with something. Yes. You know, most likely what we're dealing with here at the ministry is we're dealing with people struggling with sexual brokenness issues yes. in all of its forms and all of its outcomes. You've dealt with so many people struggling in their marriages, struggling in just their their character, all kinds of things. And so what we want to talk about today is how do we respond and how do, what should we say to people who are really struggling? Because I think, you know, it's very easy to get that wrong, isn't it? And to do it very poorly. Yes. Because how many times have you had somebody in your counseling practice, how many times have we had somebody come to us that their story is, I went to such and such place, or I've talked to so-and-so, and and they told me to do this, and you go, (gasps) oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness, that was terrible advice. That was a horrible thing to say. You know, and unfortunately, we hear that a lot with pastors. Oh, my goodness. Like couples, hey, they go into their, you know, pastor to try to get help for there's infidelity or there's pornography in the marriage or whatever. I got to tell you, the what, pastor gives terrible advice. You know, this guy came back and he'd met with somebody out of state, and he said, "Well, 
I learned that my brain was damaged by trauma, and that's why I developed a sexual addiction, and I'm incapable of loving. Oh, wow. And he said, the only negative about the weekend was I was told I was incapable of loving. I thought, oh, my goodness, somebody said that? Uh, Wow. So talk about hearing things that are a little discouraging. Yeah. So am I launched or you got more? Yeah, no. Intro. We want to see where we're going today, and you're the guy to lead us. Okay. So, uh, you know, I'm on emotional growth mission, and I love emotional training. But the question is, where do you go to get good emotional training? Where do you go? That's a good question. I read a book, you get an idea, I listen to a podcast, you get an idea, I put cobble together a little strategy, don't do this, do that, okay. But uh, we want people to be healthy, emotionally healthy, spiritually healthy, and we want to have people have good skills. So today's an emotional training day, and it's skill development day. And it's a very narrow topic. And here's the question. What do you say to someone who's struggling? What do you say to them? What are the healthy things to say? And who trained you in that? Mm-hmm. We just figured out on our own. You smile. You say, oh, sorry. I uh, hope you, you know, we bumble around. And if somebody's struggling, what do you say? So it's a very specific lesson. So... First, I think we try to do something. So if somebody says, hey, I have a flat tire, well, it's like, well, let me help you fix the tire. Mm-hmm. Or my house looks so bad. I'm a single mom. I have no money. And my house needs some paint. It's like, I'll get a couple of guys. We can put some paint up, you know? So we do what we can do to help them move forward. But if you think about it, a lot of problems we can't fix. Mm. Big, big problems we can't fix. Um, And you're going to find that a lot in your lifetime. A lot of people have a lot of problems and you can't fix all the problems. You can fix some pieces. God will steer you and he'll quicken you and do something, you know, offer this, carry the groceries, right? For the sick who can't lift or, you know, build a ramp for the guy that's coming out of the hospital. He's going to be in a wheelchair. Get your buddies and build a ramp. Okay. Um, but what do we say when we can't fix something? Mm-hmm. Or what do we do? What do we do? So, so here are things you can do. If you're not going to physically do something like paint or plant or buy or carry. So number one, and some of these are very obvious and some are a little deeper. But one, we listen. Mm-hmm. We just listen. Right? Because... Let me tell you about the pain in my life. And do you think there's value in listening? Absolutely. In fact, I think it's uh, it's maybe, in our culture today, it might be the most underdeveloped skill oh, wow. around. Yeah. Uh, you think about um, you know just the social media avenues and platforms and things like that. There's no listening going on on those kinds of platforms. It's mm. all pronouncements. It's all, you know, yeah. it's a billboard. And so I think it... it in some ways, we're being conditioned out of being having good listening skills. And one of the things that I would say on this one is that you taught me is the uh, you you framed it originally as like the three words that everyone every woman wants to hear more than any other ones. But I'm going to expand it out and say these are the three words <laughs> that you should use when seeking to listen well. Mm. And it's this: tell me more. 
Mm. Oh, that's good. So just, you know, hey, tell me more about that. Or, or when, yeah, you know, as the person is sharing kind of what their struggle is, or maybe they're, they're trying to, to, to get out what they need to get out, wherever there's just the slightest little pause or whatever, and they feel like, you know, you feel like they've kind of stopped talking rather than immediately going into, here's my response. Right. Hey, tell me more that's about that. Good. And just, just kind of draw as much out as you can. And that's, I think, a good listening skill. That's an excellent skill. And you may be at the head of the class by bringing that out. That's great. Because what did you do? I slowed down for you. Mm-hmm. I stayed present to you. I invited more of you out in listening. Right. And when you bring it out, what what do you feel when you tell me about you? What do you feel? Heard, Mm -hmm. valued, respected. You feel known. Known. Yeah. Pick them all when I get to tell you. So listening is a great thing to do when someone's struggling. Mm -hmm. Now, remember, we get scared. and We think we have to fix it. We don't have to fix it. We just let them get it out. If you let them get it out and talk it through, they might get an idea. I've got an Uncle Henry, and I forgot that he specializes in painting houses or building ramps. Or, mm-hmm. or I, I remember Susie next door. Well, as I'm talking about it, I'm reminding myself I have resources and ideas, but if I can't get heard and bring it out, I can't move to the next place either. So number one, these are things that, that you can offer, and I'm going to tell you in the last part of the talk, what to say. I'm going to give you seven things to say, but I'm giving you ideas of what to do around. Just listen. And number two, offer comfort. Mm-hmm. Any kind of comfort. You could just reach over and say, and just touch them. That's it. Just comfort them. You know, can I get you a blanket, something to drink? Can I, can I be of comfort to you just in some way? Just be here. Just sit with you. Can I offer you some comfort? Yeah, and I think one of the things that I think is important in all of this uh, that we're talking about here about things to do is uh, it, just keep it simple. You know, I think sometimes we, we um, in our desire to try to actually help, because maybe we do really want to serve this person, we really do want to help, is we feel like sometimes we have to do something extreme or we have to do something really mm. radical. And I think the more you can just keep it simple and uh, another thing to think about in terms of the things to do is remember, this is about a relationship. So even when we're doing certain things, make sure you're staying connected to the person. Yes. Because sometimes, you know, especially as men, we may go into fix-it mode and it's like, you know, okay, let me pat her on the arm and go wash her car. You know, like oh, I'm, right. I'm moving out to do something different. And right. It's like, well, what am I doing to actually comfort this person? Um, and not just do something tangible. So be creative and try to offer a little comfort. Mm -hmm. Uh, Number three in this list is support, right? How can you be supportive? Uh, A text, a phone call. I know elderly people love to get a phone call. Uh, I had some hernia surgery recently. My sister mailed me two or three cards. They had a chicken on them, and they were really funny. You know, a chicken had been in the hospital. It's got a gown on (laughs) I just laughed. My sister supported me by sending yeah. me this chicken card. Mm-hmm. And she sent a couple of them. And she said, I really like this series. And so she and I are, she's supporting me while I'm in recovery in small little ways. Mm-hmm. So a call, a card, you know, any way to reach out and support them. If, 
if you buy two dozen eggs and you only need one dozen egg and you drop off a dozen eggs, just, just little things you can do to support someone else. Yeah, one of the ways that I see guys doing this in uh, in recovery whenever um, you know a marriage is being reconciled and restored after there's been betrayal is when um, a husband will support his wife in the healing that she needs by you know watching the kids when she needs to be part of a group or whatever or just just being able to provide that kind of support so that she can then get the care that she needs for mm-hmm. the kind of healing that she needs. To Beautiful, that support, perfect. And now, uh, number four on this top list is don't fix. Just repeat, don't fix anything. Don't fix anything. They're talking, and I've got this, and this is a problem, and that's a problem. And and it's like, well, let me get you some vitamins. I mean, I'm talking to a friend, you know, and I'm struggling, and I'm telling him. And he goes, did you do this? Did, did you do that? Did you did you do? <laughs> it's like, no, just, can I just talk? Can I, Can I just be heard? Can you not fix me? And that is so important because, and I, and I, th- I feel like in in many ways maybe we're we're, I feel the need to to kind of target the the men in the conversation here. But I understand. Listen, there's plenty of women fixers too. But maybe that's why I should put it. If you are prone to being a fixer, um, let me just encourage you to do whatever it takes. Maybe it's count to ten in your head or something like that. Or just repeat, um, uh, no solutions right now. I'm not trying to, don't solve this right now. Just just be present. And say it over and over. Yeah. You can stay present. They can dump all their pain out. They can get to the end. Don't fix, don't fix, don't solve, don't don't tell, don't ask, did you take your vitamins, did you exercise, didn't you know, people, everybody's sick, everybody's going around, didn't you know? It's like, please, it's not helping me. Mm -hmm. So... So the gift in number five is the gift of being heard. Will you give me the gift of being heard? Can I just say all these things that are troubling my mind? They're on my heart. They're my fears. Can you just listen, not fix, stay present, comfort me, so you give me the gift of being heard? You know, I actually believe that this is one of the most practical real ways that we can carry out the uh, instruction that we are given in Galatians chapter 6, where we're told to bear one another's burdens. Mm, I think sometimes good. we think of that more in a in kind of a tangible sense, like, okay, so this person has, you know, a physical burden or whatever. But I think really, more than anything, when you when you feel heard, you feel like my burden has been shared the the weight of it is shared with yeah, another person. That's it. I'm not bearing it all on my own. I don't feel the a hundred percent of the weight on me anymore because now this person has been willing to listen and it's like fifty percent of that weight just got transferred to that person. Not saying that that person is is bearing any responsibility or anything like that, but but being able to say, I'm willing to be here so that you don't have to carry all of that by yourself and be and listening yes. well and and allowing that person to feel heard. You're right. It really is a gift. It's to a very feel her, a gift. You the gift of feeling heard. And then in number six, I said, "Is it okay if I pour out my heart?" Because some people want me to dribble out uh, or get an eyedropper and give him like two drops out, and then you're overwhelmed. Right. You're overwhelmed. Right. But I would like to be able to pour. I want a safe place where I can pour out my fears and my doubts. 
being Christian's hard. Sometimes we we don't feel close to God. We don't feel mm-hmm. her. Christianity is a mystery at times, and it's a faith. And and so sometimes we want to say, I don't know where God is. I don't know why he doesn't show up. I'm mad at God. I just need to pour out everything in my heart. So could you be a place where I could pour? You understand? Feeling heard is staying with me. But But when you said, say more or keep talking, Mm-hmm. You're inviting me to pour out this, the heaviness in my heart and just put it on the table. You don't have to pick it up. Yeah. But I want to pour out. Don't you love those words? Because that's what people would say. Yeah. He poured out his heart. And I think the key for the person who is listening is to remember this is about the other person, not you. Because mm-hmm. sometimes when a person is pouring out their heart, it can feel like, my goodness, I'm being knocked over yes, that's with good. this wave of emotion and of pain, fear and passion heard. and pain and all that kind of yeah. stuff, that it's very easy then for the person who's listening to start to feel like, well, now this is becoming about me, or this is this is something I've got to respond to. or And sometimes it can even trigger in that person who's listening some that's of their right. own pain. And so we need, just need to recognize when somebody's pouring out their heart, Keep the focus on them. And repeat that. I, I yeah. like these lines, like, let them pour out. They are mm-hmm. pouring out. Doesn't mean I have to pick it up. They're yeah. not pouring it out on me. They're, it's falling between me and them. They're just pouring it out. And really, it's before the Heavenly Father, mm-hmm. right? They're getting this stuff out, their pains, their fears, their doubts, their agitations. So then the last part of, I think half of healing involves this pouring out, feeling heard, you staying present, not getting lost, defensive, offering me some comfort. You understand by by engaging with me and letting me real with you. That's half of my healing for me to see me. Mm. Right, and like you said, a lot of times, if if a person can just get through all of that pouring, so many times on their own. In that process, they Absolutely. will make discoveries. They will find solutions. They will discover. But a lot of times, we don't let them get all the way through the pouring out. And yeah. so many times, we're stunting their own discovery along the way. That's exactly right. Because as you hear, I'm mad at God. Then they go, Well, and, you know, I said I'm mad, but I'm really not mad. I'm hurt. Mm-hmm. In the pouring out process, I can change my own thinking just because you let me pour out, mm-hmm. right? And I'm not angry. You know what? I'm really tired right now. And you know what? I haven't gone for a walk. I've been quiet. I'm just going to go for a quiet. Oh, I know what I need to do to help me right now, right? But by being there and letting me pour out, I know what to do at the end, mm-hmm. you know? That's good. So that's half of it. I didn't say it fixes everything, but half, you gave them half of what they need. They may Their situation may not change, but their spirit may change. Their hope might rise, right? The sense of that you walked along. I'm not alone. You gave me that gift. So I've been really the same. We're going to shift now to literal words to say when someone is in pain. So there's a training class. Mm-hmm. And there are seven statements. And, and why are we doing this? We're training men to be present with their wives, right? And nobody taught us what to say. So gentlemen, sit up, take note. 
whenever your wife is struggling and she tells you something, I'm going to tell you seven things to say. Mm-hmm. And you just roll them around and you get in the middle and then you go to the end and you go to the beginning and you just use, these are always the right thing to say. Mm-hmm. Now, what are you thinking right now as I say that? I'm thinking that this is the way that anybody learns is you have to be, you have to go with something that is saying, here is the content, here is what it means. We've already established why there is a need for what you're about to share with us. And then if you think about it, there's a point at which you learn what that content is, and then you put it into practice, and then over time, you don't actually need the tool anymore because it's become part of how you You operate. You got it. That's what we want men to do. Exactly what he said is what I want you men to do. You know, practice said to becomes a part of you. And like, so what do men say? Well, what do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. You're struggling. What do you want me to do? Well, why are you telling me that? Well, what? Okay, okay, I'll do something. I'll do something. I don't know what to do, but I'll do something. It's like they, they don't know what to do in that moment. Mm-hmm. So here are the seven lines, right? And so your your wife is struggling with getting older or the kids are not cooperating or the women's group at church, they all went to, to this banquet and they forgot to invite me, right? Life just dumped on me and mm-hmm. I'm disappointed. You say, number one, I'm sorry that happened to you. You repeat it. I'm sorry that happened to you. I'm sorry that happened to you. I'm just going to read them and then we'll mm-hmm. wrap how we want to wrap. Number two, I'm going to say them, you're going to say them, I'm going to say them again. I'm sorry you had to go through that. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry you had to go through that. Wow, it was such a bad day at work. And you know what? And they drove us hard. They gave us more work. And man, I'm exhausted. I'm sorry you had to go through that. Number three, that's a lot to carry. That sounds heavy. Mm-hmm. That's a lot to carry. That sounds very heavy. Yeah, because we've been driving and we were trying to get this test done. We had a de- deadline by 5 o'clock. And do you understand there's been three days with no sleep? That's a lot to carry. Wow, that sounds heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, number four, you're a strong person to go through all that. Uh, you are a very strong person. Yes, yes. Uh, my aunt's sick. My daughter's sick. Um, and I had to cook meals for the senior center. Wow, that's amazing. You're really a strong person. You know, that's a lot. You're mm-hmm. so strong. And you remind them that, oh, yeah, I'm, I am strong. I forgot. I thought I was weak and lost. No, there is a lot of strength in that. Keep going. Just don't quit now. Just keep going. So um, I'm, I've been dieting. I've been exercising. I'm exhausted. I'm just, I, I don't think it'll ever change. Well, keep going. Don't quit now, Steve. Yeah, just keep going and because we're going to get to the end of this, right? And I'm going to be there and we'll get to the end together. Or number six, thanks for sharing that. You can't mm. believe my brother has turned against me. We were best friends. And uh, he's decided he doesn't want to talk to me anymore. He thinks I'm a jerk and I'm some Christian religious fanatic, you know, blah, blah, blah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to share it. I just want to get off. I I don't I can't tell anybody, but I can tell you. Thanks for sharing that. That's your heart. Number seven, I'll be praying for you. I'll be praying for you. Mm-hmm. I'll be praying for you. Amen. I'll bring God into this. 
I'll, I'll remind you it's a spiritual battle, right? And that we can cry out to heaven and I'll be praying and you be praying and, and God is faithful. You know, one of the things that I appreciate about all of these, all of these statements is they, all of them keep the focus on the other person. Okay. In other words, none of the none of yeah. these statements are defensive. None of these statements are bringing the listener into a place where it's like I'm now part of the or you know I've got to bring myself into the and the I conversation. took it over and I'm going to rescue you. Yeah, it's not about fixing. Um, it you know what's interesting is what I hear. You know, you talked in the first half of what what we were talking about in this podcast about some things that you can do. Well, I notice how all of these statements bring into. Uh, the conversation, these things that you can do. Well, what are all these statements? There's, all these statements are about saying that you've listened well, right? Because you, you have to listen to be able to say, that's a lot to carry. Well, I have to hear what you're carrying in order yeah. to... You, you've also brought comfort, right? I'm mm-hmm. sorry you had to go through that. There's a sense of empathy or sympathy there. Um, yeah. What about support? Hey, I'll pray for you. Mm-hmm. You know, there's things like that. So there's a real uh, integration between what we were talking about earlier and then these actual statements. And so I do think it's important that um, our listeners just write down all these statements and then start saying, hey, I want to look for opportunities when somebody that I care about is pouring their heart out to me. Oh, that's good. And how would I respond in that way? And boom, now I've got some tools to use here because I also like the fact that these statements – they kind of they while they are very specific about dealing with somebody who's struggling with something, they also have kind of a, a little bit of an array of how to respond. Because in one instance, it may be, "Hey, I'm sorry that happened to you," right? Because something happened to that person right. that is really really challenging and it's causing a struggle. But there's another something else like that's a lot to carry. Well, that's a whole that could be a very different situation, even though it's about a struggle, right? Yeah, because it's like, hey, if something happened to you today, and it might not, it might be something where it's like, hey, this was overwhelming in the moment, and then you know by tomorrow it's it's fine. Whereas if it's something where somebody's saying, you know what, listen, for six months, I've just felt I've been dealing with this thing over yeah. and over and over and over again. That's where you can bring out. That sounds really hard to carry. That's yeah, that's, that's heavy, you know. Yeah, that's heavy. That's good, and I really appreciate your sort of clarifying. These can fit differently in different contexts because you don't, and, and they almost, they're so universal that they're almost never wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, you're going through that. That's a lot to carry. That's, I'm sorry that happened to you because that didn't happen to Susie or Sally or Belinda. Mm-hmm. It happened to you, and I'm sorry that happened to you, right? Because it's, Freaky thing, right? I mean, there's a context yeah. for all of these, and you can roll them around. Because wh- why are we having this conversation? Emotionally stunted men don't know what to say when a wounded wife in pain comes to him. Mm-hmm. So if we give you tools, then you can use these statements, and you can literally ask your wife, "Is there something else?" and write it down and use it. If she tells you, captured, it, it's the words that go right into her soul. Mm-hmm. If she says, yeah, you know, nobody's ever told me that that's really heavy. And I carry a lot of heavy stuff. And I'm telling you the heavy word. And you, I hear you say back the heavy word to me. Mm-hmm. Then I know you know my heart because I told you the word. Right. I carry it. 
I define it as heavy, and you say the heavy word. The same word I gave you comes back. Yeah, and I think that's important to important to think to note here. Um, you know, these are seven statements. Like you said, they're they're pretty universal. This is your launching pad. That's good. This is your training ground. Yeah. Um, Starter kit. Yeah. What, what you want to do is is like what Stephen's talking about is in this in this personal relationship that you have. You want to get to a place where you are from here, then speaking the specific words yes. that are going to have the most impact in your relationship. But start here because, again, these will apply. Now, the thing not to do is in a single situation, say all of them. <laughs> or say them fast. And before she's done talking, say the next. Yeah. No. Don't go, I'm sorry that happened to you. I'm sorry that you had to go through that. I'm not, no, but we're not uses that. But pa- use pauses, right? Yeah. Emotional, healthy people use pauses. It's like, man, you can't believe what happened. Pause. Oh, no, what happened? Mm-hmm. We don't rush. We don't get a choppy. We don't run on top of each other. We use a lot of emotionally healthy people are quiet and slow and patient and it comes out and we stay and it comes out and we invite more and we get more and then you understand the outcome of this is bonding mm-hmm. because when i tell you something I, you now carry a part of me and when you affirm me that it's okay then now we have bonded mm-hmm. right why are these critical statements because if you don't say them if you go fixing if you go telling somebody we're not bonding. Mm-hmm. You're preaching to me, and I didn't come for a sermon. I didn't come for you to be the God or the fixer or the solution, man. I came to my friend. And when you say these statements, you are my friend knowing me. Yeah. And and remember, I want to close with this. These are statements that walk alongside. You don't have to be in front of your wife. You don't have to be the fixer. You don't have to be smarter than your wife. You have to know everything. You don't have to fix everything. You just have to walk alongside me. Mm-hmm. And then we have a relationship and a union and a oneness. And yeah. we get where we really want to be bonded well. That's good. Well, we do hope this has been helpful. And we hope that this will be helpful in terms of just uh, when you need to respond to someone who is struggling in your life, to be able to do that in a way that is empathetic and uh, and really uh, builds a deeper bond in that relationship. So if you've got additional questions. Maybe if you've also got some additional statements that have worked well in your relationship, we'd love to hear those. I'd love to hear those. And uh, please send that feedback back to us. And we look forward to seeing you back here again next time on the Pure Sex Radio program. God bless. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.